Welcome back to Shrinking It Down, Mental Health Made Simple. I'm Dr. Gene Boresson. And I'm Dr. Steve Schlossman. And we're child psychiatrists at the Clay Center for Young Healthy Minds at the Massachusetts General Hospital. Here's what we'll talk about today. Today, we're going to talk about what many people feel were the best years of their lives, college. And while for some of us, it was absolutely fantastic, for many people, it's really scary because college can be a great time, but it can be also a really devastating time, right? You know, the other thing we should point out is people tend to describe college as this absolutely amazing time, but they tend to describe it through the lens of nostalgia. For most people, and there's a lot of literature to back this up, college is hard. It's a tough time. So you can say that, but I think one of the reasons we're seeing all these college mental health problems is because it's always been difficult. We're just starting to pay attention to it. Okay, so so let's just run through some really scary – you know, Halloween's coming. That's pretty scary. But if that doesn't scare you, this will really scare you. So what we know is that 25 to 50 percent of college students will have a psychiatric disorder in any given year. Almost three-quarters of students will experience a mental health crisis during college. 20% of students, one in five, will report a sexual assault or attempted rape. And the Association of University and College Counseling Center directors have, have shown in their annual report that there's an increasing number of students coming for mental health, that the kinds of problems that they're coming increase is, has increased tremendously in severity. And a big problem is... Um, Access. So can you imagine there's one certified mental health counselor for two to 3,000 college students in large universities? And in the smaller colleges, it's about one to 700. And with that percentage of kids, college students, having problems, it's crazy. Yeah, in fact, you just tripped into, just when you're describing it, some of the central problems here. You went back and forth between kids and college students. You couldn't quite figure out what to call them. Right. And that's part of the issue. Uh, These are transitional age youth, right? So they're not quite adults. They're still living off of their parents often. The the college has to function as a kind of locum parentis, right? Like a parent in, in displacement. So often the parents don't hear when the kid's in trouble because they're trying to respect the kid's autonomy. At the same time, the kids really need their parents to help well, them. Well, and listen, when you were in college, did you call yourself a kid? I mean, I would be offended if someone called me a kid when I was in college because I thought that I was an adult. When I was in college, I held the door open for my friend Melissa. She said, why are you holding the door open for me? And I said, because I was taught always to hold the door open for a girl. That didn't get us started off that well. That's not... Melissa said, I am not a girl. I am a woman. And I said, my goodness, does that make me a man? And she said, apparently not. So it didn't end well when I tried to define myself as something other than a kid. So so just getting back to, to the kid adult thing, and that, and this is something important when we're looking at all of this stuff. The brain doesn't really fully develop to maturity until about age 26. And college-age students are 18 to 22. Now, during that time... And Steve, you can probably explain this better than me, but the parts of the brain that are that are responsive to emotions, to impulse, to immediate reward are just developing their connections to the higher centers that are actually used for thinking, for looking at consequences, for kind of taking stock of things. But those, those connections aren't – they're still in, in formation and in some ways that's why these are kids because they're still ruled by emotion, impulse and being in the moment. 
Is that a fair statement, Steve? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's not as if adults aren't ruled by a potion impulse being And we know today that many adults are See it all the time. Um, the difference here is the the tracks that allowed that higher part of the brain to get involved with the lower part of the brain. They're just not as developed in yeah. people until they're probably around 30. So 26 and, and, is the And cutoff. to give some of the college students credit, I mean, there are plenty of college students that act a lot more mature than many adults I know. And so it, it, there's a wide range. But let's – but Steve, why don't you tell us – what what do you see as the major stresses among college students these days? Oh, how much time do you have? Um, we we could do this <laughs> alphabetically. I mean, there's a zillion. So uh, if you think about the pressures on kids in college, first of all, there's the just overall academic demands, which have gone up. I know that there's a lot of talk about coddling kids in college right now. It's a different kind of coddling. Professors are pushing back against what has been great inflation. So there's increased pressure to uh, realize standards that their predecessors had not realized in the classroom. There's increased social pressures for sure. There's the added uh, social pressures of social media, which didn't exist you know, two generations ago or one generation ago. So very quickly, the repercussions of behavior that may have just been forgotten about or written off as a you know unfortunate drunken night gets all over campus. There's the fact that you've left home, which has always been there, for especially for the kids who do leave home and go sometimes, as I did, thousands of miles away for college. And then there's these, this interesting fact, which is we've gotten better as child psychiatrists and overall as a culture of taking care of kids who have psychiatric illness illnesses such that they head to college when they otherwise might not have. So you've got a higher incidence of people coming into college with psychological problems, which is absolutely fine, except as you point out, the colleges aren't equipped to handle it. Yeah. And and you, now you said, you know, college was always a hard time. I wonder whether or not it's 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 more stressful or harder now than it was, you know, way back when we went. And I do think it's 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 more stressful for a number of reasons. Uh, first of all, I mean, if you look at if you look at millennials, I mean, uh, you look at you know younger people nowadays. I, they're worried about different things. I mean, now we I was worried about the war in Vietnam. I was worried about women's liberation. I was worried about civil rights. But right now, I mean, it used to be that if you went to college, you got a degree and you could get a job. Yeah, there was there was a written contract. There's with no society. guarantee. There's yeah. no guarantee now that a, that a graduate with a bachelor's level degree is going to get a job. There's more and more pressure and worry about finances. College is much, much more expensive. Cost of living is much more expensive. Student debt is more expensive. And students now are worried about other things like global warming, climate change. You know, it seems to me that 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 the pressures that students are feeling now are huge. And and this may be related. You know, the CDC came out with a new report that since 1999, between then and 2014, the suicide rates have gone up tremendously. And right, even right now, and this is very scary, there are about 1,100 suicides on colleges every year, about two to three a day. And I think that the numbers have been increasing. So wh- why is this happening now? Well, I th- first of all, I think it's all of the things that we outlined earlier, all of the pressures that, that you and I both elucidated. I think additionally, as these problems have become more pervasive – in a weird paradoxical way, it's increased the awareness of them and caused people not to seek help because of the way social media spreads information. People worry about getting a black mark. So on stigma, the stigma is alive and well. Yep, and and it's huge. And and you know another piece of data of those one thousand or so students that kill themselves every year, 
80 to 90% of them have not sought help. And of the students that have psychiatric problems in college, only about 25% of them seek help. Well, wait, hold on, hold on. I'm just going to push back on you a, a little bit on that. Yeah. I agree. They have not sought help. But you've also given us the statistic that makes them think there's no reason to seek help. There's nobody there to seek help from. Well, so, well, but but let's face it. If a, if a college student goes to a college counseling center, they're going to be seen. One of the problems is, is that one, they may not want to go because of the stigma of it, that it's a black mark on their record. Two, they may not know that there is a college counseling center, strange as that may be. And the other thing is, is that they, they may, they may uh, not, they may... Well, wait, how many how many kids have you seen or young adults in your practice who went to the college counseling center and the college counseling center, because it's bursting at the seams, didn't take that kid as seriously as they would have had they not been bursting at the seams? If they had more staff, I actually think we would go a long way towards solving this issue. I totally agree because the, you hear it over and over again. You know, whether they go to the college counseling center or whether they have the ability maybe with parental or other kind of help to try to get a mental health professional, even not in college counseling centers, the wait lists can be six, three yes. to six months long. Uh, absolutely. So let's circle around to that one just for a second here. We have to help our patients, you and me, and we have to help parents who might be listening to this to help their kids who need help to pick colleges where resources exist. You maybe can't go to a small liberal arts college in a small town if you have a significant psychiatric history. Well, it doesn't mean you shouldn't go to college. Well, I, I you guess, have to go where there's help. Well, but many colleges don't have help. You know, I'm not naming names. My daughter went to a college, a very well-known, prestigious, you know, small liberal arts college. And I went there on Parents' Day, and there were all these brochures on the table that were scattered all around about mental health. And I said, so you have mental health service. Isn't that interesting? And they said, oh, yeah. I said, well, how many is in your staff? And they said, oh, I, I don't know. May maybe we have a nurse practitioner. And it ended up that during her four years in that college, I helped refer many of her friends to services that were 30, 40, 50 minutes away or in other cities nearby – because there was nothing nothing around. So there's two issues there. One is you would think the university would know the people were 30, 40, 50 minutes away. And if they don't, that's problematic, right? They right. should know the people, even if they're 40 miles away, and, and give the kids the option But colleges should tell them. They should say, look, that's what I mean. we don't have services here, yep. but you can go to X, Y, or Z. And we have X, Y, and Z in our back pocket. In other words, these are the people we refer to. Every year we tell right. them we have a bunch of kids coming in. What's your availability? Yep. And I have encountered some universities have gotten better at that. But by and large, they've been in large well, urban know, centers. Before we get to tips for parents, which I think we really – and students, which we really probably should talk about – what wonder? What I wonder about is why wouldn't colleges and universities? And you look. Let's face it. I love colleges. I love universities. We're part of a university system. We teach at these places. You know, we're professors. You know, and why wouldn't they do this? Why wouldn't they provide these kind of services? What's 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 the obstacle for colleges to actually promote mental health and say we've got this and we've got this and we've got this? Or we can provide, or we can refer you. Well, here, because neither you nor I wear nice enough suits to be in those inner circles where colleges make these kinds of decisions, I think we can only speculate, right? Yeah. And the speculation probably has something to do with stigma. 
something to do with being risk averse, with not wanting to be on the front page of the paper when there's a horrible event, and something to do with a really less than perfect reimbursement system such that it's not worth it to the college to hire somebody and not worth it to someone to go work for the college. Yeah. And and I think some college administrators don't want to promote the fact that they actually do have 25 to 50% of psychiatric disorders among their students because why would a parent send their 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 kid to a college if they knew that that college had those kinds of problems. So I I'm not sure that's possible and and obviously we're we're being speculative right now. The problem with that line of reasoning for the college obviously is that that just matches the overall epidemiologic prevalence of people between the ages of 18 and 22. So it's not as if they would be saying anything that we don't already know from the epidemiology. So, so, so let's take the heat off the colleges right now and cuz when I was on local CBS News, after I, I uh, wrote a blog about college mental health, and I stated that 25 to 50 percent of, of college students – I said 50 percent of college students because the data from 2008-9 showed that 50 percent had a psychiatric disorder. They couldn't believe it. I can't tell you how many journalists said to me, where is that coming from? And in fact, the anchor on, on local CBS News, who was a physician – their health reporter said, you know, I, I thought Dr. Bresson's data was really crazy, but I looked it up and it's right. So what's interesting is that there's really strong data from all of the college counseling centers around the country that show that this is a huge problem and it's not getting out into the public, to parents, even to physicians, that this is a big issue. I think you're – well, I know you're right. I think the reason for that is we don't like having big issues for which we don't have simple solutions and there is not a simple solution to this one. And let's face it. One of the big problems is insurance coverage yeah. because insu- the, you know, parity is really a parity. Mental health is not covered the way other illnesses are covered. Mental health is not covered adequately. College students have generally very poor mental health coverage and – um even getting the help is extraordinarily difficult unless, you, unless you're willing to pay a huge amount of money out of pocket because insurance is not going to cover it right. for the most part, right. at least for comprehensive care in my view. So what do we say to the parents out there who are about to launch their kids? So I, got, I, I got a junior in high school right now. What okay. So the first thing I'd say is you got to talk to your kids. Like when before they go, you got to say there's a strong likelihood that you or your friends are going to have emotional or, or psychological or psychiatric problems. And let's look at the kinds of things that might be a problem for you or others, and let's talk about it. And then when they're launched, talking with kids, not texting, talking on a regular basis is really important. I would say parents, like you just suggested, they should educate themselves about what are the mental health risks in college, what are the resources in their college, I would say check your insurance co- coverage. Most, I would bet you that most parents don't know when they get the college health plan what's covered for mental health. You can check. You can call up you know, the, 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 the university. The only, the and, only parents and, I've seen who do know are the ones who have brought up a kid with a significant you know, psychiatric illness for which they're already in treatment. Yeah. Um, those are the only ones I've seen. And who, most of the others know don't it. know. And then, and then yeah. when they find out, they're shocked that yeah. they have such limited coverage. Yeah. I'd also say don't worry about stigma. And I'd also say, you know, talk with other parents and professionals around that know about this kind of stuff, your pediatrician, psychiatrist and psychologist in your area who have some awareness of what these kinds of problems are and what help their kids may, may need. So, so one more final question, at least from my, from my perspective. 
I have run into parents who understandably have said, I really don't want to let the college know this ahead of time. My kids are already into the college, but I don't want to let them know ahead of time because I'm worried that now they're going to be watching my kid and be that much well, more Well, 25% to out. of the kids that go to college counseling centers come in with psychiatric disorders and are on medications, and maybe they don't want them to know that because they'll, they too are worried about it being a black mark on their record. So don't you think, though, it would behoove the parents and the kids to have the college know? I mean, I think it'd be better. And then the college wouldn't yeah. be taken by surprise if the child or the kid shows up in the, and, in the health service. Technically, medical and psychiatric problems are protected under HIPAA. They because should be. Because <laughs> they're not different. They're all medical That's right. problems. And, and, and so they are, by definition, confidential and will not appear on, on a college transcript because they're protected under the law. But people don't act that way. So, Steve, what tips would you give college students or your own kids? You're about to launch. So what tips would you give kids who are about to go to college or who are in college? What should they do? Yeah, so uh, we were just looking at college tuitions. We're going to home college our daughter, I think, and just print her <laughs> You're going to bring all the professors to your house? No, no. I'm just going to do it. I, it's Wikipedia. Do it yourself. It's, that's what Wikipedia is for, and I, she'll be varsity everything. No, it's a, it's a scary Turbo thing. college. Right, right, exactly. Um, so uh, – I think what you need to do is pick your college carefully. You need to uh, call ahead to that college once your child's admitted and find out what resources are available. You need to also just know this isn't, you know, if your child has a psychiatric or a psychological problem, I think you just, it's a good thing to know, period. And then you need to check up often on your child and make a contract with your kid that you and your kid are going to talk at least once a week and hopefully more often, as you say, not texts, but more directly. And I would say for the students, when you see others that need help, don't take the burden on yourself. You can, if they're close friends, you can talk to them directly, or you can go to advisors or counselors and get some advice. Well, the RAs are trained for this. You, you, a lot of colleges have very good programs on training the resident assistants. They should go talk to them. And they should talk to other supervising folks around, and so that they can get help. Yeah, you know, and and there are organizations. You know, Active Minds is present on. 200 some odd colleges and there are student organizations around mental health that they should that they should participate in and maybe even ask for seminars or tutorials on uh on mental health so that they can participate in 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 group forums to talk about this all makes sense so if you guys have any thoughts about this please uh, drop us a line uh, call us uh, leave us your questions uh thanks very much for listening i'm steve schlossman i'm gene Bresson. See you next time.